Hey, what's up? My name is Dusty Otis. I am the lead pastor here at The Grove in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thank you so much for taking part of your day to be a part of this church, to engage in this message, and for supporting our ministry. It means more than you know. None of what we get to do happens without you. I pray that today's message speaks to your heart. I hope that it helps you move forward in your relationship with God, and I hope that you become just a little bit better in following Jesus because you took the time to listen today. Enjoy the message. Three things are going to help us live a greater life today. It's going to be good. Before I jump into that, I want to tell you that um, a lot of people think that me and Heather love kids. But really, or they would say, man, you must really love kids. You have five kids. And the truth is, I love my wife. I just really love my wife. And kids are a result of loving my wife well, right? And so then in that, um, a lot of stuff is happening in the world. There's a lot of noise happening. And, and, and a lot of stuff is being talked about. Roe versus Wade being overturned. And, and I think that we're in a day and a time where the church is afraid to say anything. And then if they don't say something, it's like, oh, well, you're going to be that way too. And so we were in scripture this morning as a team. And in Matthew chapter 10, the red letters it says Jesus came with the sword, not just to bring peace, but to also bring truth. Okay. And we are called to live in truth. And that's really a large part of the message. By the way, you've already sang the message. The two songs we sang are the points of today's message. So if you're a note taker, you're already, you're already in the game. Okay, and so how many guys believe that, um, that God woke you up today? Amen. And God gave you that life, and he gave you the spirit that's in you, and he gave you a purpose. Everybody believes God gave them purpose. That's why you're here, right? And we're to grow in that purpose and become more like Jesus every day. That's really the call and, and, and the cause of Christianity is so we can go out and show other people who Jesus is. And I have a little bit, of, there's, there's two stories in, in the church today specifically. One um, Elizabeth, if you know Elizabeth, she is, she's carrying around a baby, but you know that she hasn't been pregnant. So there's an amazing story of a little bitty baby girl that has a ton of purpose that God had a plan for her life. And that's why she's here. Can everybody say amen to that? Amen. And so uh, a couple years ago, my wife, Heather was diagnosed with a grapefruit size growth, uh, on one of her ovaries and 98% blockage in her other fallopian tube. And they were talking about, um, essentially taking her right to be a mom, to, to be a mom again. Now, listen, we were done on our standard, but God said two more, which is just so great of him, because children are a blessing from the Lord, right? And so um, in all of that, is, there's, there's a big, long story behind that. But what I tell you is God healed my wife through that, and we conceived what we weren't supposed to conceive in Axton. And so I tell you that God has a plan for Axton's life. He's supposed to be here. That's why we named him Axton, which means macho man of God, by the way. And so Axton Elijah. And so the Bible tells us that, that God is a God of life, that he is our creator. And if you agree with that, say amen. amen. Now, the backside of that is, is the Bible also says that the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And that is personal. That's not like, well, that's just for everybody else. No, the devil comes to steal your life and to kill you and to take from you specifically. And then overall, overarching, generally, right? And there are lots of loud voices. And I want to say that, that in all of what's happening right now, the responsibility, I think any time that morality and ethics and integrity win in government, we should probably celebrate that, right? And so what we see is integrity and morality has, has taken a place in government. Now, it doesn't change what happens at the state level. And I think everybody here knows how our state stands. But the reality is 50 years of history have been changed. And it's not the history that most people like to see changed. But the reality is, is, is God won the other day, and we should celebrate that because every human heartbeat has a purpose. And everybody said amen. All right, let's jump into the message. 
So that said, there's purpose for you, right? There's purpose for you. Point one, we're jumping right in. We should probably pray. Father, thanks for the opportunity to come together in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every single name, the one that is greater than everything, uh, gave the greatest sacrifice, Lord, laid down his life for us so we could be here and so we could walk in the example that he set for us. Help us to do that today. Open our ears and our hands and our eyes to hear, to see, and to walk and to move forward with you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, part one. This is the thick point. Be accountable. If you want to experience greater in your life, you have to be accountable. We don't like that today because with accountability comes responsibility, right? And a lot of times we don't want to be responsible. But we have to make the decision, do we believe what God said or not? Do we believe who God is or do we not? Do we only believe it today, but then at 11, I'll get chatted by 11, easy. Today at 11, we go out there and, man, that was a good church service today, but hey, let's do X, which goes against what we claim to believe, right? John 3.30 is what we sang this morning, he must increase and I must decrease. He must become greater, and I post this week, he must become greater and greater and greater and greater and greater. And I must become less and less. And that happens really one finger at a time because we tend to walk through life like this. And this is my story, okay? It was my way. I was a bulldozer. If I needed something done, I did it myself. I didn't need God, even though I was a pastor. And what happened to me is I went like this. And I said, okay, Lord, is this really what you say? And I do one finger, right? And then I get to here. And I got to a place after a couple months where I'm like, all right, Lord's pretty good. This is awesome. This is awesome. But I still got, when, when the bullets start flying, Dusty's got it. And man, when I got to the place of this, it allowed me to walk out the doors of a church that had been at nearly 20 years. And it allows me to be here with you today. What I'm teaching and preaching to you today is what I believe. It's how I live my life. I got asked last night, why would you ever leave that? Because God called us to go. Because God called us to go. And I either believe that or I don't believe it. It's that simple, right? God said, be hot or cold, don't be lukewarm. And so you would say, well, I love God. And I understand that, that he died for me. And man, I love, um, I love everything that God does for me. And it's good because you love God and I love God and we all love God. And it's Lainey's favorite song. And in that, you can say that you love God because it's really easy, right? And we can say that because um, he does good for you, right? And so we receive life in what God does for us. Everything that he does is good. And so then in that good, we can say, oh, thank God that, that I woke up today, right? And so then, God, I love God. It's easy to love God. It's easy to say, I love God because God is love. His love is good. And the good things that we experience in life, right, that we receive in life, we relate to the love of God, so we love him back because he was good to me, right? And so in that instance, we can, we can kind of go to the direction, of, well, I'm getting more of God right now. No, you're just walking in his grace. You're not getting more of God. You're just walking in his grace. And he created you, and he gave his son for you, and he gives his spirit to you, and he calls you a son or a daughter, right? Which means he created you for more. He created you for more. And then he sent his son for a purpose for you. And he gave you his spirit, which gives you authority to walk on this earth. And his love is always there. Everybody say always. And so then you have to mature spiritually. We're three parts whole, spirit, soul, body. We have to mature spiritually in his love, which allows us to give more of ourselves to him. It's now two as opposed to this. Now I go here, right? God is love. His love is, is a direct, the direct result of his love is grace. 
And I would say that you experience that when you come here. I love what we've done at this church. Everybody who's helped us, I love what we've done at this church. This is a place where you can come in and receive grace and be accepted, right? And sit and receive. We've prepared a place and we're presenting the gospel in a way that it can change people's hearts. By the way, I went through the Bibles this morning. We went through seven cases of Bibles since I've been here. That's 79 Bibles so far. There's still three back there. So people are taking the word and they're implementing it in their life. That's a big deal. It's a really big deal. By the way, when you leave today, if you need a Bible, they're on the back shelf. Those are free from us for you. But we're going to the really big Bibles now for like, you know, people can't see very well. Lucky you, you get, a, you get one now before you turn, you know, 95. And so our relationship, we love that grace. I love grace. We're saved by grace through faith. Everybody say faith. That's trust, right? Isn't that trust? That's trust. My relationship with God, our relationship with God has to be built on love and trust, not just love. Because man, it's, it's, it's a lovely place just to walk and sit in love all the time. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. Faith is trust because we say, I believe. What the word says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. You're saying you believe, so you're putting your trust, you're putting your trust in God. When you have faith God, that's where your trust is. It's God. It's, so then it's not me. It's more of him, less of me. By the way, last week, we, I was led, I was actually blowing all the dust away. They're, they're putting our new driveway in. So our new driveway is going to be farther to the east. I don't know when that's going to be done, but it'll be done before they take that. I was blowing all the dust away, preparing for Father's Day, and greater just kept hitting me. And so I thought that point that I preached last week in John 14, 12, that you'll do greater things than I will because I'm going to the Father, and because I am, you'll do those great things. I thought I was preaching that. And then Monday, I sit down in my quiet time and I realize, wait a second, that's, that's, not, that's not what you want to do. And so the direction that God's taken this is not what I intended it to be or what I thought it to be, but it's just my plan's always plan B, okay? And so today, as we talk about sitting in grace, you understand that this is a gift from God to you. It's not about anything that you do for him. It's who he is to you. And you would say, I love grace. Man, me too. Because God's love equals grace, and that grace is forgiveness, Right? And we walk in that grace. And the Bible says it goes before you and it's behind you and it's all around you and it's always working. And it'll light your path and it'll direct your steps. It's so good. And that grace is welcoming and it's easy and it's comfortable. Everybody say comfortable. comfortable. It's agreeable. It brings cooperation. It brings cooperation. But it creates compromise in you if you only ever sit in grace. Because the issue is what keeps us from greater and becoming and God becoming greater in us is our lack of trust. It's the lack of truth. Saved by grace through faith. You trust God's love. You accept his grace. It's not, I trust the grace, and I walk in that grace, and it's only grace. And in 2022, we love to walk and lean into grace, which is good, but there is truth. Jesus came to divide, and not just to bring peace, but to bring truth. And so, the truth is the Bible. The Bible's our guide. It's his instruction, right? And so, then living in his love is only half of it. It's only half of it. There's grace, and God's a good of grace, and truth. And so leading his love is the other half. Walking your belief, being who God's called you to be, is the other half of it. And grace is there for you to understand and mature and take a step, right? And what happens when accountability comes is you believe the gospel enough to let it change your life. Yeah. That's really what happens. There's a line that we have to come to. We go, okay, 
that is the truth. Okay, Lord, it is you. I'm going, right? I'm believing, I'm trusting. And you cannot have one without the other. We like to think that we can. We like to be 90 grace and 10 truth. And as long as the truth isn't spoke to us, we're good, right? That's, that's how it goes. It's okay to be honest in church, guys. But the reality is, is, is the Bible says this. It says a good friend will pat you on the back. A great friend will slap you in the face. A great friend will tell you the truth. And as your pastor, I have to tell you the truth. I can be, I can be as graceful as anybody. I can also speak a lot of truth. Heather will attest to that. By the way, Heather crushed it this morning, okay? She woke up super late. She's got five kids ready to come to church in less than an hour and herself ready. And so, amazing. Thank you for leading us. Yeah. And so, um, to reject truth is really to reject grace. And I'm saying that because you can't just sit over here. God said he came for both. He is both. And so we love the nice, comfy, easy side because it's nice. It's really nice. Accent says nice very well. But if you only live in half truth and you only speak half truth, that could be part of the reason you experience so much grief or heartache or pain or trouble or trials in your life, right? Spiritual maturity is when you cross the line and say, I believe this. I'm going to let the gospel change my life. And with God's love comes his grace and with his truth comes accountability, with that accountability comes an expectation as a believer in Jesus, okay? And in 2022, we don't want that, okay? And I'm going to say something really hard here, but it's the truth. Our society, culture, and country doesn't even want to hold people responsible for the gender that they are. Even though God said you are made in his image, and he created you male and female, and he said you look just like him. That's the truth. But the world does not want to be about that business, and the reason they're frustrated is because they can't change the words, the red letter words that are in the book. But when you come to church, you're either going to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ for your life, or you're not. Or you're not. And to sit here and just want the lovey, all good side, that's great. That allows God to build a bridge into your heart where Jesus can walk right across. That makes sense. And so then, God didn't call us into, this is biblical, he didn't call us into coexistence. Guys, when we were in Michigan, that was everywhere. I'm so sick of that bumper sticker. I am so sick of that bumper sticker. God called you into existence, the human race. He said, you, and he called you by name, and he numbered the hairs on your head, and he knows you inside and out. And so you can try to change everything, but the reality is, is and, and the, world, the, the word says this too, that men look based on outward appearance, but God looks at your heart. God knows you. God knows you. And regardless of how we portray ourselves or put ourselves out to people in the public, nothing changes on the inside. Regardless of what I do and where I go and what happens to me, my DNA, no matter what I do, says I'm a man. And I can't get out from behind that or from out from underneath that. It just is what it is. That's the truth. Everybody say truth. All right, so he's called us into existence, right? And here's the hard part about that. Truth comes with what? Accountability. Truth comes with honesty. We have to be honest with ourselves. Truth causes tension. Truth creates conflict. And truth brings confrontation. It just does. A good friend will pat you on the back. A great friend will say, hey, bro, you need to fix this. You need to fix this. 
And this is what truth demands of us. So then this, this allows us, when we walk in truth, this is how the arrow goes up for God and the arrow comes down for us. I believe what the Bible says. I believe what the Bible says. I know this is a hard first point. The next two are so good. But we have to be accountable to our belief. We have to be accountable to our belief. And so then this allows us to become less and him to become more. He increases and I decrease because I believe him more. I open my hands a little bit. That's faith. That's faith. When you walk in truth, the Bible says it sets you free. Free. Everybody say free. free. Now I can be accountable to that truth because I believe it. You don't get more of God. He gets more of you. Here's what the word says in James 4, 14 through 17. It says, it says that we do not know the least thing about what may happen in our life tomorrow or what is secure in our life today. We are merely a vapor. So we're only here for that long. This isn't meant to, to take you down, by the way. This is what the word says, okay? I'm going to go all the way to 15. It says, instead, instead of if thinking about and wondering about and, and, and worrying about, the Bible says that'll take care of itself, by the way. Today has enough of its own. Verse 15 says, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live it and we will do it. But as it is, you boast vainly in your pretension and arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So any person who knows what is right, any person who knows the truth and does not do it is evil. And it says heaven isn't in his future. It's amplified, by the way. So then our trust and our belief lead us to become like Jesus. That's God's goal for you, Christ-like character, that we would become more like his son. This is why numerous times in the Bible, you've heard me preach it, put off what holds you back. Put to death those things you used to live in. Be renewed in the image of your creator daily. Everybody say daily. That means it's a walk. That means it's a walk. Because it says this, if I cannot do that, if I continually leave this place and go back to living in what is not truth and what the world says, it says, as a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool to his folly. We're rejecting truth. We need to live and walk and breathe truth as believers. Our world is dying and going to hell. That's as simple as it gets. And they're looking and counting on us. And so I can't come in here and just be this person at this time and go out and go be like them when I'm not. Does that make sense? Are you glad you're here? Okay, good. So then, rejecting truth and being okay uh, with what keeps you from growing eliminates your faith. That's why, that's, that's why people get stagnant. They want to have both, right? They want to have both. Everybody say both. You can write that down because faith leads you to get out of that, right? And if you don't, what happens, the longer that you want to, that you want to mill around in that, that eliminates your faith, which only leads you to call on God or Christians when crisis hits. That's it. The emergency phone for this church only rings when somebody needs groceries or they're out of money. You know my question to them? What was your name? Oh, I don't think you go here. No, I don't go here. Well, you have, you, so then there's no truth. I, I have no clue where you are in your life. It's not that I don't want to help you because there's, this town is full of nonprofits to help people like that. We want to help you. If you call this church home and you invest in this church, we're going to help you walk in life. But as for a stranger on the side of the street calling to go, oh, this church will probably give me 50 bucks to, to Kroger. King Super, sorry. God knows you. He knows where you're at. And the reality is the longer that we, we just want to live over here and keep everything 
in a bubble and reject truth, that leads us to only call on, that's, that's us living like this with both hands clenched. I got it. I got it. Right? And so God wants you to grow in him. This is huge. God wants you to grow in him, mature in him, trust in him, so that you can withstand the attacks of the enemy. Okay? Now, the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. If I don't have God's word in my heart, and I don't know what God says, and I don't know who God called me to be, how can I resist? How? How am I going to do that? When you're mature enough and you're rooted in the truth, when the, when the devil attacks you, you can resist, and it says he will flee from you. That takes planting the truth in your heart, believing it, becoming it, so you can live it and lead it in your life. That's what it takes. We're talking about accountability, okay? Okay, so then it's only because of God's grace, not in his grace only. It's because of God's grace that you can walk in truth, right? Are you with me? Truth comes along with it, which creates accountability for us, so we need to be accountable to our belief. Everybody say yes. Say yes again. Come on, we with me. Yes. Yes. All right, point two. To experience greater in your life, you need to have humility. It's what Psalm 2 saying. Have humility. This is, this is hard for a 300-pound man, by the way. That's me. The opposite of pride is humility. To have humility means you must have maturity. With maturity comes accountability. That's how these two link. Romans 12, 3 says, because of, the, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. This is a family talk today, guys. This, this became a family talk when I didn't think we were going to have a family talk. Should have told you that before we started. <laughs> Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given you. By the faith that God has given you. So how much do you trust him? Galatians 6.3 says, if you think you're better than you really are, you're deceiving yourselves. We all have a long way to go. I, as the pastor of this church, have a long way to go. I have a long way to go. I'm never going to reach my potential in Christ. My lifespan is not as long as the potential that God has put in me. And so then I can only go and set a good pace. Here's the deal about those two scriptures. Pride is sneaky. Pride is super sneaky. And pride is not just, I got it. That's not it. Okay? Pride is not just, I'm the best. Sometimes pride is, I'm capable enough. I can do this. Even I can do this. Right? But that's not the reality, because when you live with the idea of what John 3.30 says, he must become more and I must become less, that means living less of yourself, satisfying less of your desires, depending less on your abilities. At the root of it, it's more Jesus, less me. More Jesus, less me. Once we understand that everything we have comes from God, we we relax a bit. Humility comes in. Okay, everything that I have is God's, and everything that is done is God's. He went before me. He's walking with me. I have God's favor in this, right? Our dependence comes a little bit, becomes a little bit more on him and less on ourselves. And it's real easy to be lured into the self-obsession and to the applause of the world. But what stinks about people giving you the applause and telling you how great you are is it lasts about this long, and it's not very fulfilling. Sooner or later, sooner, more likely, you have to get right back to the grind of impressing and having good posts and all the stuff that you like to do to, to get the applause of others, but it leaves you unfulfilled. When you focus on helping people, and when you focus on helping people find the same Jesus that you found, 
Thinking of yourself happens less naturally. And the truth is, the more we surrender to ourselves, um, the more we surrender ourselves to Jesus, the more our true selves we become. And this is the hard truth because we have a hard time getting a hold of that. And here's what you need to know in God becoming more and you becoming less. We are not conformed to his likeness to lose our uniqueness. Your thumbprint's not like anybody else's thumbprint here. God made you unique. So you're not conformed to his likeness to lose your uniqueness of who you are. You're transformed by his spirit to become who you were born, born to be. So then we become less so he can make us more, more loved, more ourself, more his, more on mission, more full of purpose. He must become more and I must become less. Greater comes through God, not through you. A greater you comes with more God and less you. Is everybody with me? C.S. Lewis said, true humility is not thinking less of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves less. You've heard it. So then devote yourself to thinking of Jesus and God's will more. It's pretty simple. And here's, here's what will happen. There are 168 hours in a week. For God to get more of you, he needs more than one hour a week. So for 167 hours to do it by yourself is silly because that's where the devil likes to kick you in the butt, right? And so then to do it by yourself is silly. It's silly. There are 672 hours in a month. You need more than four hours with God in a church setting around other believers for him to become greater. Are you guys with me? Point three, to experience greater in your life, you must be an example. I was going to call this action, but we have action steps, so be an example. You have to be about action. People have to see it. You're the salt of the earth. That means that we are out and amongst people. We are an outreach church. I love everything about our church. I love it. I love it. It's messy. It is stressful. It's everything that a pastor dreams of just pastoring. Let me just tell you, okay? But what's good in that is it's real people. There are real people walking through those doors, and there are real people sitting in these seats. You're not, yeah. pre- you're not pretending to be like somebody else. Man. And that's worth every second of my life, okay? And so then you have to be about action. You're the salt of the world, which means we need to be out and among people. Matthew 5.13. I'm going to go Matthew 5.13 through 16. And I'm going to go one at a time. You're the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its taste or its purpose, how can it be salty again? Can't. It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and walked on by people when the walkways are icy, wet, or slippery. That's all tasteless salt is good for. That's out of the Bible, okay? So then I have this sweet salt shaker. This is the church, okay? Bear with me. This is the church. And here's what happens. For those 168 hours of the week or the uh, 672 hours of a month, the average person, okay, only comes to church once a month. So one hour a month isn't very good. But, but let's just say it's that person. For one hour a month, we jump into this thing and we all look around and go, hey, I'm salty. You're salty. We're all salty. We should gather at the same time next week and be salty. God has said that you're the salt of the earth, not the salt of the shaker. And to gather and get inside and be stuck inside here, in Colorado, we probably don't have this problem, but in Oklahoma, the humidity will get inside this thing and it'll clump the salt together. So growing up, we put pieces of rice in our salt shakers. And by putting that piece of rice in there, it would allow the salt to come out. And that's what we can't be. And that's the check I had. We're becoming a group that's right here. 
and we're just comfortable doing this, and God has said, go and be the salt of the earth. Go out there and do a little bit of this. He didn't say, come here and sit in here and be the salt of the shaker. Are you guys with me? You are the salt of the earth. You have to be accountable to that and mature enough to walk in and let others see it in you when you leave this place. Okay, so then Matthew 5, 14 and 15 says, you are the light of the world. You're the light of Christ to the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. So then, nor does anyone light a lamp. This is gonna be my lamp today, okay? Nor does anybody light a lamp and put it on a stand or put it under a basket. If I put this light under a basket, the basket I have is too big, it's on the table. The light goes off, right? And so then, Dennis, will you hit those lights? Here's what happens when we have a light. When we're out in the world and we have windows and these lights are on, but for the most part, they're just right there behind you. Oh, holy moly. They are off. Thank you, Dennis. Dennis is always on top of his game, by the way. So this is what it looks like to go out in the world and be the light of the world. Are you getting me? Now, if I take my light and I put it on the stand, that's what I am in the world. You guys get me? And so then you are the light of the world. And those who are the light of the world put it to where others can see so they can navigate well because when we, I got you, when we are a lot of light, this happens in the world. I don't need my flashlight anymore. But if we take this and when we leave here, we go, oh, just put that right back in my back pocket and I hope nobody asks me any hard questions this week, right? Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light shine before men in such a way, in such a way that they may see your good deeds and moral excellence and recognize and honor and glorify your father who is in heaven, that they may see Jesus in you, that God gets the glory for the life change that they see in you. Dennis is a great example of this and I don't, I don't necessarily pull them in, but when people start asking you, what are you doing different? There's something different about you. I was at Walmart in the late 90s, and I used to love, I still do, except we don't go to Walmart that often because we have five kids. So it's like, hey, will you do this or you do this? And so I used to love finding the checker that, was, that looked the most perturbed. She looked like she'd been having a bad day. And I love going to that woman or man and saying, hey, man, how you doing? How's your life? Are you okay? And I go to this woman's checkout, and she goes, where do you go to church? That's her first response to me. That should be our hope for everybody. When we come to them, they go, whoa, and that's in the Bible Belt of, of America, so that's real, that's difficult, right, because everybody goes to church there. Where do you go to church? I want to be part of that church. Whatever you have in you, I want to get some of that, and I want to be where you are, and so I want to go where you are. You can come Saturday night. Where do you go to church? That should be it. When people ask you questions, you're doing it. You don't have to go, am I doing good enough, Lord? When people are asking you and you're making an impact, you're doing it, okay? And so then, here's the, here's the commentary of this. If a man can profess Jesus yet remain graceless and unaccountable, no other doctrine is going to help him or her be fruitful. No other doctrine will help you be fruitful. If Jesus doesn't do it for you, a self-help book is not. A podcast is not. Jesus must be the one. He is the truth and the life. God said in the beginning, he is the truth. Truth. Everybody say truth. truth. So then our light must shine as we walk with people so they can see. Now, what's between God and your soul is between you and God. I'm not asking you to show people that, okay? You keep that to yourself. But your belief should be an open light 
that others see. This honors God. And that's why they ask questions. And the belief you have in your heart and the trust you have in God is what people see. Oh, you're different, right? So then when it comes to that day and that point, it's not what Pastor Dusty said in you that inspired you or motivate you. It's what God said through you. It comes out. And here's how we're going to wrap this thing up. This is Jesus' final prayer. This is John 17, verses 13 through 17, if you're taking notes. And it says this, but now I'm coming to you. This is Jesus. These are red letters. But now I'm coming to you, and I say these things while I am still in the world. If you're taking notes, you can underline in the world. While I'm still in the world, so that they may experience my joy, they may experience my joy made full and complete and perfect within them, filling their hearts with my delight. I have given them your word, the message you gave me, the truth. I've given them the truth. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world and they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but that you would protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world just as I am not. He says it again. That's the third time he said it. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in in truth. Set them apart for your purpose. Make them holy. And then he says at the very end again, it's Jesus. Your word is truth. This is where we live. This is our accountability as believers, right? And when you live in truth, there's separation. What happens when you profess Jesus, when you confess in your mouth and believe in your heart, you go from being, yeah, sinner to saved, right? But you go from being in the world and not of the world. You saw it right there in scripture, right? And he said it. He said, you are not of the world, only in it. And then he says, so will you please set them apart and give them purpose? Oh, yeah. And your word is truth. So when you believe, you go. Here it is. When you make the decision to follow Jesus, you go from tasteless ice melt to salt that preserves the world. That's you. That's us. Here we are. Let's go. That's us. You go from wandering in the dark to walking in the light. That's probably the more popular phrase that we know as Christians is that. From this, sorry, from this to this. So then when you live in truth, you get salty, which doesn't mean have a bad attitude, by the way. And you gain light. And you gain light all by making that decision. Now the part is walking in that decision, right? And so then you can walk freely as an example of God's grace Because you walk in his truth. Because you walk in his truth. The Bible tells us this. It says that the world is going to pass away with everything in it. It's going to go. But those who live in the truth will remain for eternity. That's 1 John 2.15. So your action steps today. We just said them. We sang them. We just said them. And we're going to sing them again, by the way. So just prepare your hearts. Be accountable. Be accountable. Your accountability has to increase, right? Your pride has to decrease. Accountability breeds humility. Second one, be humble. Our humility must win over our pride. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. It's Matthew 6. Be an example. Our walk must match our belief. It's our words and our actions. We used to call that integrity when what we said and what we did matched. That's truth. That's truth. That's what being a believer is. It's walking in grace and truth. 
It's being salt and light. It's being the example that Jesus set before you. So, we stand your feet. We're going to worship one more time. It's the same song. The guy who leads this song, his name is Drew Bodine. He is the worship pastor at a church in Central. I could get in trouble for this, but I have Drew's uh, permission. So if you want to cut me off, we're going to be back on soon. And so that's online stuff. You can't stream live produced worship. In this moment, Drew's going to tell you what this song is about. We've already sang it. And now that you have the context of the message and what greater means to you in your life, I'm just going to ask you to open your hands and be willing to walk in the greater that God has called you to. So Lord, I just give you this moment. You can go ahead and create to fight but only 
written on the walls backstage is a scripture from John 3.30. It's influenced this entire night. It says, he must become greater and I must become less, which is really the opposite of what the world tells us. The world tells us that you and I have to be greater, but you know what? None of us are the savior of the world. Jesus stepped down from heaven to rescue us, to give us a second chance. Only he is greater, and as we make him famous, he can heal our hearts. He can give us a second chance. Every voice in this room, let's sing this chorus together again. Let's tell the world what we believe about our God. That means for glory to shine, for us to go into the earth, for us to be, for God to be greater, it takes less of us. That means we have to be willing to become this. God said, I'm gonna build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That means the gates of hell will not prevail against you because you are his church. You're this, you're not a piece that's in here. You're this to the world and you go out and you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. And that's how he gets proclaimed. That's how he becomes famous is what Drew said. It's God gets more of us. God gets more of us. Thank you so much for joining us today. It means more than you know to have you with us. And to all of you who partner with us and support the mission of our church, thank you. We cannot be the church without you. Go ahead and click the link in the description to partner with us now, or you can visit thegrovefc.com forward slash partner. If you enjoy the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe. And if you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, share it with them. This is how the gospel goes forward. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.